Welcome home. You're listening to 180 Church Podcast. Yeah, so uh, throughout the summer, as people go in and out of vacations, I'm not sure where you guys are going, uh, we're going to keep the rhythm of grace, of gathering together, um, wherever you might be catching. But uh, in the summer, we're going to have a couple more speakers come from our church uh, give sermons. And today, uh, Stu Still has been uh, a vital, indes- indispensable member of our community for years. Uh, he's been a great friend. He's been um, a man of God after God's heart. Uh, he's been leading small groups for a decade. <laughs> and um, he's been a pastor to many people. Uh, a shepherd in those, you know, as a, as one of the older statesmen of our church. Um, but he, one of the things that uh, 180 believes in uh, specifically is that uh, pastors, you know, we get, we got this really confused. Pastors are not called to do ministry. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, pastors, the Bible says, we're, we're called to equip people to do the ministry. The ministry is done by the ecclesia, which is the community. God's plan, I said last week, was who? You. And I think it's important to know that, that uh, even preaching, even sharing God's word, in the next few years, we're going to have more people that we're going to train to preach to. But Stu, we encouraged him in the mi- you know, middle of the last five years to go to seminary. Um, he's a lieutenant in the court. Um, he's a court officer, soon to be captain. He's applying for jobs. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, he has a seminary degree. He knows uh, scripture well. And he's going to give the sermon today about com- the power of community. So if you could welcome him, and we're going to pray for him together. Yeah. Now, now we did this entrance. You don't need to be nervous. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's pray for him. Father, we want to thank you for Stu. We want to thank you for his gift uh, that he's been to our community, uh, as he shares about the power of small groups, the power of what it means to be in community and gathering together as a community of faith. We pray that you bless us and you open our eyes to what you're doing among us. We thank you. We thank you for him. Uh, speak through him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Sammy. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I don't know how to live up to a, a, a kind of hype up like that, so I'm just going to dive right into this. Let's put this picture up. How many of you guys have got a Facebook page? Yeah. Kind of a stupid question because I'm sure like maybe there's only two people here that don't have a Facebook page. <laughs> but what about an Instagram page, a Snapchat page? You know, we have all of these different pages and social media websites that we can use to keep connected with each other, to check in on old friends and things like that. And in a lot of these uh, pages, there's almost something like a badge of honor to have more friends and more followers and more likes and things like that. So as I was working on this sermon, I decided to check out some, uh, some of my friends, Facebook friends pages and see how many people they had friends of. So there was one person that had about 775 people. There's another person that had, what was it, 1,124 people. If you think I'm talking about you, maybe I am. But there was one person that had over 2,500 friends that they were friends with on Facebook. 
Now, me, I've only got about 317 people that I'm friends with, and I'm actually very, very intentional on who I friend on Facebook. So if you've made the cut, you're one of, you're one of those good people in my life. But I got to admit, even when I'm looking at my Facebook friends page, sometimes I got to say, where do I know you from? Who, who, mm. Yeah, I, I have to admit that sometimes I do that. Uh, I mention this because uh, there's a British anthropologist by the name of Robin Dunbar who theorized that the number of people that you can have a stable social relationship is only about 150 people. Now, a stable social relationship is just a relationship where you know who they are and you know how they relate to other people that you know. right? And even within that number of 150 people, we tend to separate people into layers. And the more people we put into a layer, the less of an emotional connectedness we have with that layer. So if we have fewer people in a layer, we have a greater emotional connectedness to them, greater connection to them, a greater investment, a greater involvement in them. And um, this number doesn't change just because we have greater ways of connecting with people. But what it really does is it challenges us to think about how well we connect with people. And in light of Dr. Sammy preaching about our call in Christ, it challenges us to think about how well our relationships help us live and grow in that call in Christ. And that's why today I want to talk about small group. Now, I can already feel like some of you guys are thinking, all right, two weeks ago, Dr. Sammy said missing church is a non-negotiable. And then last week he says, all right, I can miss church, but only if I'm going to Paris to get baguettes. And now you're going to tell me that I can't miss small group. Nope, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not guilt tripping anybody today. I am not doing a legalistic thing today. What I'm doing is extending an invitation. Now, every week we, go, we come up here and we do announcements and we talk about small group, how it's a place where you can come and grow in your journey in faith, where you can be part of a community and part of a fellowship. And I think sometimes we say it so much that sometimes it loses a little bit of meaning. You know, for some of you guys that are seekers, for some of you guys that are just starting your journey in faith, maybe it sounds a little bit too good to be true. Like, I'm going to join some group, and they're actually going to care about me and help me grow in some way. Hmm, sounds a little too good to be true. And for some of us that have been in small group for a while, maybe it's become that legalistic obligation, and we've kind of forgotten how much power there is, how much joy there is, how much fellowship there is in a small group. So that's why today is an invitation. For the seekers, I want to invite you guys to join a fellowship where people will be invested in you, where people will care about you, and where you can grow in your faith. And in time, you can grow and care and invest in others. For those of us that have been in small groups for a while, like Dr. Sammy said last week at Day in the Sun, it's an invitation to revisit why we do small group and the joy that comes in small group. So that's what today is about. So let's go down and let's take a look at Acts chapter 2. And we find the church here pretty much right after Pentecost, right after the Holy Spirit has descended on all of the disciples. Peter has made his grand speech in front of all of Jerusalem, and about 3,000 people have come and joined the, uh, the fellowship of God. And right off the bat, I want to point out one thing. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Have you guys ever eaten in a way too crowded restaurant? Like, how the heck are they gathering 3,000 people together and eating together? I mean, I don't think we'd be able to fit 3,000 people in this theater if we packed everything out and did it in shifts, right? And I know that uh, we, you can't make 
3,000 people come together and eat together. I mean, the last time I checked, it took Jesus doing a miracle to feed that many people together at the same time. So if you read between the lines, you see that there had to be a little bit of a breakdown. There had to be a little bit of a breakdown in how many people were gathering together. And we've even seen this in this church. Um, like Dr. Sammy said, I have been here for a very long time. And I remember like when we first started, when most of us were in our teens and 20s, and oh god that does make it seem like such a very long time ago we used to be able to fit the entire church at hometown buffet in staten island and we'd all be able to eat and we'd all be able to talk with each other because there were that few people that you could get that face time with one another but as we've grown and as you guys see we're a pretty pretty packed out church right here there's going to be at least seven groups of people deciding where to eat today so you have to break it down a little bit in order to get that face time with each other, in order to break bread and know the people that you're breaking bread with. The next thing I want to point out is that word fellowship. And the word that Luke uses when he's writing, it's a Greek word koinonia. And it's a very special type of word. It's sometimes translated fellowship. It's sometimes translated as community. But it has a very intimate meaning to it, a very deep connectedness to it. Sometimes it's used to describe people that are in a business partnership together or even a marriage together. But it really displays something where there's a connectedness where what happens with one affects another. And again, we see this here in Acts 2. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So these people were sharing things. They were sharing as they had need people were giving to them. But it wasn't just in their physical possessions. It wasn't just in their property. But they were sharing their compassion. They were sharing their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their worries, their trauma. All of these things they shared in common. And as one had need, they shared with one another. And this is something that I've seen a lot in small groups. I've seen people who have been in financial need in small groups. And sometimes it's been as blatant as, hey, you need a couple of bucks? Here you go. I got you covered for today. Sometimes it's been, you're looking for a new job? Let me point you in the right directions. Let's do some interview questions together. Let's get your resume put together. I've seen people in small groups helping each other get health insurance for one another. I've seen people saying, hey, you need a place to stay? I can cover you on that. And that's happened for a couple of people in the last couple of years. All of these things where people are coming together in this fellowship, sharing what they have in common to help one another out. So a couple of years ago, um, I had an accident at work. And actually, as I was rehearsing this, I had a little trouble with this part because I guess it's still something that affects me a little bit. But um, I had an accident at work, and uh, I got a concussion. And let me tell you something. If you guys have never had a concussion, they absolutely suck. Like, I'm good for at least two or three brain farts during this sermon. I was living one four-month-long fog and brain fart, and it was absolutely terrible. It's funny in retrospect, but it was absolutely terrible in the moment. And uh, I was still making it out to small group when I could, but I wasn't always able to make it out there, you know, because of health issues. And like I said, it's not a legalistic obligation, right? So... Even when I was making it out, I think people could kind of tell there's something a little off us to do. Something's going on. So one of the people that really helped me out during that, uh, during that time, I'm going to point him out. Where is he? There he is, Anthony Corvinelli. He's one of our uh, small group members. Don't worry, I told him ahead of time that I was going to single him out. I'm going to give him some Ranger tickets to make up for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Anthony really helped me out because he had had some experience with, uh, with concussions. And he was able to validate some of the things that I was going through, where I was worried, like, am I the only person that's actually gone through like, this terrible a time with a concussion? And one of the questions I actually had was, like, is this just it? Is this how I'm going to be for the rest of my life, not having my brains in the right place, just completely scrambled? And he was able to speak a lot of peace into my life and give me some hope that this, too, would pass. And I tell you guys, when someone can speak into the circumstances of your life where you think where you are is where you're going to be for the rest of your life, like, that's it, that's it, I'm done. This is where I suffer for the rest of my life. And someone can speak into you in that part of your life, that is powerful. That's fellowship. That's what happens in small groups. So. Small groups. Why this invitation to small group? What exactly is a small group? Let's put this point up. Small group is where you can join a fellowship where you can minister to and be ministered to. Anthony, I'm sorry, you're not done yet. I'm still going to lay into you a little bit here. When Anthony first joined small groups, he's been coming out to small groups for a number of years. Um, when he first joined small groups, he was a very self-sufficient person, a very I-can-do-things-on-my-own person. And in, in some ways, he was actually a little bit leery, like, why are all these people being so friendly to me? You know? <laughs> and I'm sure some of you guys that, you know, people have asked you to come to small group, like, why are people being so friendly? That happens sometimes. But uh, over the last few years, Anthony has really been rededicating his life to Christ and really growing in his faith. And whereas earlier on in his journey in faith and in small group, he was someone that was ministered to in people caring for him and Showing, people, showing him that you know, people will care, and people are that nice because they care about you. Now he's becoming a person that is caring for other people. He's growing in that so that he that received is now giving. Because we're not blessed just for ourselves. We're blessed to be a blessing, right? And again, that's what happens in small group. We grow to be ministered. Um, in, we grow in being ministered. See, there's that, there's that brain fart. We're grown where we're ministered to, and then in time we minister to others. And that's what happens in small group. But there's more to small group than just that. I mean, if it was just a bunch of people getting together to complain about what's going on in life and get some worldly knowledge, I mean, we could do that anywhere, right? You guys heard of the YMCA? Everybody knows what the YMCA is, right? That's where they invented basketball, actually. So I'm sure everybody knows about the YMCA. It's the Young Men's Christians Association. But I'm stealing a line from Dr. Sammy here. Do you know what you get when you take the C out of the YMCA? You just get a gym. It's the same thing with small group. What makes it so special? What makes it different than any other social gathering? Well, this is where you can grow in fellowship, not with one another in a horizontal manner, you know, just the people that you're there with, but you grow in fellowship vertically, too. You grow in fellowship in Christ. And that's, again, what we see here in Acts chapter 2. Let's go to the next slide. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All believers were together and they had everything in common, praising God. So you see that there was more than just people coming in and getting stuff. There was more than people just coming in and fellowship, but there was a spiritual discipline there as well. As they were growing, they were praising and they were being taught and they were um, praying praising 
all of this as they were growing, not just with one another, but in Christ as well. And the next thing you see is there, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every day, new people were finding salvation in Christ. New people were finding healing from their brokenness, from their trauma, from their sin. They were finding fullness in Christ, and God was adding to them every day. And that, their unity in Christ, that was the greatest thing that they had in common. No matter where they came from, that was what they had greatest in common. Their hope was in Christ. Their discipline was in Christ. Their, their guidance came from Christ. Their salvation was in Christ. That was the greatest thing that they had in common. And I tell you, doing small group for so many years, it is such a joyful feeling when you see someone turning that corner in faith. When they go from not believing in God, even if it's just starting to turn that corner and saying, hmm, maybe there is something to this whole God thing that you're talking about. It's joyful. And when you see someone come to faith in Christ, especially when the whole fellowship has invested into them and shared life with them, it's a cause for great celebration. Luke says in his gospel, there is great celebration when even one person repents and comes to faith in Christ. And that's something that happens very regularly in small group. Let's put up these, uh, these two pictures. I'm going to talk to about a couple of other people. We have Boyd and we have X. Boyd, we're going to be talking about you two weeks in a row. <laughs> Um, Boyd is one of the employees here at the theater, and he has been here longer than we have. And when we first got here, he was one of the people that really helped us out in getting settled, in finding place to store stuff, and finding places to just navigating how to do this whole theater thing. But he was always a little bit shy, a little bit quiet. And over time, we started to develop a relationship with him. We started to build a friendship with him. And it was actually Nathan, when he was about Josh's age, who started to talk with him about where he was in his faith journey. I know, Nathan was about yay high, and he's talking to Boyd about faith. It was an amazing moment. And Pastor Lydia is sitting there right next to him, probably proud as anything that he's you know, living the gospel and, and reaching out to Boyd. And she invited Boyd to come to a small group. And let me tell you something. When Boyd came to small group, he opened up. He started talking, and I was, I was there with him, and I was amazed because most people, when they first start coming to a small group, they're quiet. They don't want to share anything. Boyd just let loose, and he really started to share, and he really got in the fellowship with all of us. And he said in his baptism video that um, he just felt that he was welcome, that he belonged, that he was able to come just as he was and be accepted for who he was. And it was because of that acceptance, because of that welcomeness, that he said that accepting Christ was one of the easiest decisions he had ever made in his life. And there's been a real great change as God has been growing in Boyd, as Boyd has been growing in Christ. And he is a very talkative person now. He is very warm. He is very friendly. And he's willing to go into those places where he said normally he would be a little bit hesitant to. And even when we did his baptism, his family came in and said, wow, he really has changed. He really is talking a lot now. <laughs> That's just one of the stories in small group. X, he's one of our doctors. You're not going to find him here today because he's decided to live that whole West Coast life thing. No, I'm kidding. He was a, um, 
a resident at NYU Langone, and recently he accepted a fellowship at Stanford Medical out in California, and we miss him a lot. But um, he joined a small group, and he actually gave his life to Christ on his very first small group. And it was an amazing thing. Actually, both of these pictures, if I remember right, both of these pictures are from the night that both of them accepted Christ. So it's an, it's an amazing thing, you know? And it's something that we celebrate when someone gives their life to Christ. But again, X, in his baptism video, he said that God was giving him the people in his life to help him find a relationship in Christ. And when he accepted Christ, he felt a release from a lot of pressure to do things on his own, to get things done on his own. He said that God helped him find a peace and a rest and a willingness to live for God's plan for his life, rather than just being a doctor for the sake of being a doctor or any kind of other external things. It was embracing the call that he felt God placing in his life. And these are just two of the stories that we've heard over the years. If you look on our YouTube page, you will find a bunch of my 180 story videos and a bunch of baptism videos and people talking about how they've come to faith in Christ. And you would be amazed how many people start with, so my friend invited me to a small group and end with, and that's how I came to know Christ. It's amazing how often that happens. And it's not just people who have started their journey in Christ, people who have continued their journey in Christ. Andrew Rowe, most of you guys know him as the finance person here at 180 Church. But when he was, before he was a member of staff, like I'm sure a lot of people here, he had that struggle with financial security. And it was through his relationship with people in small group and that spurring on to grow in Christ that he was able to give up that financial control. Me, if you guys knew me from 10 years ago, I was that obnoxious political person that would talk <laughs> politics until you wanted to shoot me in the head. Yeah, it was that bad. Again, thank God for people in small groups saying, Stu, this is hindering your witness in Christ. And I got to the point where I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but that's, that's pretty much how it was. It was people letting me know, hey, this is where God is calling you to grow. This is where you can grow in Christ, in your witness in Christ. And it was through the relationship with people in small group and that relationship and that desire to grow in my relationship with Christ that helped push me on for that. And that's available for every single person here, wherever you are in your journey in faith. So what's so special about small group? Why join a small group? What is a small group? Let's put this point up. You went a little too fast there, Jeff. <laughs> Small group is where you can be discipled into a deeper fellowship with Christ. So wherever your relationship with Christ is, whether it's non-existent and you're just starting to investigate faith, or whether your faith in Christ is starting to blossom, it's starting to bloom, it's starting to expand, this is where you can come and where you can grow in that faith, where you can grow in that fellowship not only with your brothers and sisters and believers, but with that fellowship with Christ. And from there, as all of us are discipled in Christ, we can start to live that call that Christ has for our lives, that call that Dr. Samuel was talking about, that plan that God has to every one of you. So the question I have for you guys is, what is your fellowship in God like? Is it 
just where you're starting to investigate? Is it where you're growing? Maybe you need a jump start in that. For the seekers, I want to invite you guys into a small group. And I want to ask you guys, do you feel that hunger for a real fellowship where you can be invested into, where you can be in fellowship with other people, and in time, you can invest in other people? For those of us that are believers, has small group become that kind of ritual, legalistic obligation? I want to invite you guys to revisit it and see where God is calling you to grow and where there is joy in small group as you see people growing in their fellowship in Christ. And also for the believers, I want to invite you guys, if you've been to small group and you think that you're starting to run dry and maybe you feel like you're not being invested to it anymore, maybe now is the time to step up and become the person who invests into someone else that begins to invest in the lives of other people so that we can all be a party to what Christ is doing in that fellowship. So, would you guys stand and pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've given us fellowship, that you've given us the church, and you've given us the ways where we can come together to grow not only as a fellowship with one another, but a fellowship in you. As you raise us, as you heal us, as you spur us on to the plan and the call that you have for us. I pray, God, that you would show us that fellowship that you are inviting us to and calling us to grow in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give our brother a hand. Thank you, Steve. So after Stu retires from... Being a court officer, he's going to come on uh, our staff and be a lay pastor. <laughs> he already has a seminary degree. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> so so the, the vision of the summer is that we have the days in the sun as a breather because many will be going on vacations in and out. So we create the days in the sun so that you can come right back into rhythm. And I really like that word invitation, right? Like that's really what, if you, if you hear sermons at 180, we never say, you must, you should. There, there are no imperatives. We go, don't you want to? Or it's another way of in, 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 in inviting you. It's an invitation, right? Like if someone said uh, they had to check out our church uh, just to check if we're a cult or not because there were a daughter from NYU, she, she was from overseas, and the parents are like, wait, you're 19 and you're going to church because she didn't want to go to church in Asia. And her parents were like, okay, I got to go check this out because what are they, are they trying to brainwash you? Why would you want to go to church? Well, that's because there's a wind and a fire of the spirit here that draws young people to want to get to know God on their own. Tell someone next to you, on their own. And people are like surprised by that. Even Jeff, when, when he was coerced by his girlfriend to come to church, on the day of his baptism, his parents are like, no, you're not going to church. We ask you to go to church all the time. You're not going to church. Well, he went to church for a girl, but that's another thing. People do get married here all the time. Um, but, but it's an invitation. It's an invitation. And, and so I want you to understand that rhythm, right? Like 
for those of us who are not engaged in mission and we're living our life, there's a balance of living our, our life and then being on mission. So if you're on vacation, you, you, you get to come back right away in the day in the sun. You're like, oh, Central Park, worship, fellowship. It's a smaller gathering for that, right? And sometimes if we're here all the time in the theater and we forget that the church is not a building, but it's us, then we're disrupted and we go into the park and we're like, okay, we've got to invite someone to hear the gospel. Because let me just tell you, every single person who's come to Christ in the last few years never knew who would come to Christ next. Right? So I want to invite you today to become that community of grace for yourselves and for the people around you and for the city. So will you pray with me? Will you lift your hands to the Lord? And just let's pray for the rhythm of grace this summer. And it's not an obligation, but it's an invitation. Will you say, Lord, will you use me this summer to connect people to you, whether they're close to you, whether they're somewhere in between, whether they're far? Will you use me as a community of grace so I can catch the wind of God, I can catch the rhythm of God to connect people back to you? without guilt, without coercion. Whether we started 10 years ago or whether we're starting today, the invitation is still there. Will you say yes to that invitation to join God, restore the beauty in all things? So Father, we come before you this afternoon. We thank you for the rhythms of grace. We thank you, God, that whether we're starting today or whether we've started decades ago, grace is new every morning. The invitation is fresh today. And God, a lot of us tried our own ways to follow you, but you called us into a community. The believers in Acts fellowship together. And this is where you need pristine clarification. No one is asking you to give your life for the church. We're asking you to give your life to the kingdom and Jesus. The kingdom is bigger than one church. X is continuing the wind of the spirit in Stanford, though we don't like Stanford that much. And we're mentioning X just to let him miss home a little bit, you know? But you see, the Holy Spirit is moving this summer, guys. And I know many of you feel it. Will you say yes to the Lord? Say, Lord, connect me to your rhythms of grace and I can be a blessing to those who are disconnected from you. Or encourage those who are discouraged and heal those who are broken. Find a way back in fellowship with God. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know.
be still. Be. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Hey everyone, we just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today. We want to invite you to join us for our Sunday service. We meet at the AMC Lowe's Theater at 19th and Broadway in Manhattan at 12 noon, and we'd love to see you guys there. We also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests. It's available at 5397-PRAYER and at prayer at 180church.tv. In the midst of life, if you need prayer, our team is available to lift you up in your struggles, and we're always there for you. You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv.